Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota of Brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in Southwest Mississippi four years in a row. Come see the difference. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota of Brookhaven, we deliver. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. Three. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us, too. We are on your computer, even your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And you'll see I'm not alone today. I am joined by TJ Mayfield. He's the executive director of the Mississippi Kidney Foundation. And we are asking you the question, how healthy are your kidneys? Do you know? And if you know, we're going to take care of those. Because it is a a set of organs, uh, TJ, that you and I were talking about that most don't think about until there's some kind of chronic disease or failure happening. We just kind of passively live our life hoping that they're doing their job yeah. back behind there or on our backs so from the mississippi kidney foundation when someone asks what do you guys do how do you lead into that how do you explain the kidney foundation well more than anything uh thank you for having me on yeah. today um we just want to educate people about kidneys first of all um similar to what you just said so often people don't talk about kidneys until they fail uh until people end up on dialysis and need a transplant More than anything, we want to educate people on, you know, if you have diabetes, if you have high blood pressure, if you are obese, you are more likely to have uh, kidney disease than anybody else. And especially in a state like Mississippi, where those three things are more prevalent than most states in America. So uh, the prevention of kidney failure is the most important thing. But if your kidneys do fail, we also provide services for you uh, during the process of dialysis. But we would hope to keep y'all less busy in Absolutely. that department and more busy in the prevention part. And we were talking to TJ. I've always uh, wanted, you know, there to be this thing when you put in the work and making the healthy changes or, you know, you start eating your vegetables and drinking your water and walk, all the things that you should yeah. be doing, that you should get some kind of like warning on a random, you know, Monday. Hey, would have had a heart attack today. Hey, would have found yeah. out you had kidney disease. But you didn't, you know, because you changed your lifestyle. And I think that's the hardest part with lifestyle behaviors is it's a gamble. And you don't know, like, because there are some they'll say, well, I smoked my pipe and ate my bacon and drank my, you know, for a hundred years and I'm fine. Yes. But then there's others who walk even a less tighter rope and find themselves struggling, you know, with, with the uh, outcomes of chronic disease. And kidney failure is, uh, is difficult because it's the ninth leading cause of death in the United States. But 
it has very little symptoms outside of, you know, uh, fatigue. Um, you can still make urine. Oh, man, I have, feel like I have kidney disease. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Every mom listening to good things just yeah, said, yeah. I've got chronic kidney failure. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things where you can still make urine and have kidney disease. A lot of people think if you're not urinating, uh, you have kidney disease. You have to get tested. You have to have a blood and a urine sample to find out if you have kidney disease because similar to hypertension, it's a, a silent killer. You don't necessarily know it until you go to the doctor and get checked out. Because there's so many symptoms that could be brushed under. Correct. Of just our every, our sort of busy lifestyles or just, and you don't want to think the worst. There's some that do, you start Googling, you head straight in. But the large majority, you explain things away, you push things off, you just try to, you know, go on and, and then it can be too late. So with kidneys, is it kind of like once it's past a point, are we now dealing with that point and just trying to slow down progression? There's no, like, backtracking through prevention? There's no backtracking. Once you get to a certain point, you just are where you are. You're trying to slow down the progression of chronic kidney disease. There's five stages, and most people don't figure out they have kidney disease until they get to stage three or four. And a lot of times, people five when they have to immediately get on dialysis at that point. So uh, just, like I said, preventing it. Because once you get to stage three or four, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. What are other lifestyle fa- or just genetic factors or um, that could le- set you up for being more aware of step one or uh, stage one or stage two if you were to catch it sooner? Well, if you're to catch it sooner, um, like I said, there, there's certain things you can do to prevent it. So change your diet immediately. Uh, exercise more. Drink more water. Uh, for certain people who have genetic uh, inheritance, such as I did when I found out I had kidney failure, that was nothing I could do. Right. But for so many people, like I said, with diabetes and high blood pressure and obesity, there's things you can do. You can lose weight and your A1C can uh, get better overnight. Your blood pressure can get better. And that will lessen the risk of having kidney failure at that point. Most people don't connect their heart problems with their kidney problems. They think that's a bathroom problem. Right. <laughs> um, but but they are all sort of intertwined. And what's good for the goose is good for the gander when it comes to inside the body. And so you're when you're doing the things you've heard to take care of your heart or to manage your diabetes or to eat mindfully for like a brain health, that's also doing all the other major organs good as as well. There's, you know, they package them up in different yeah. sort of styles of diets to hit specific, uh, uh, you know, chronic conditions. But they they do the same. If you look at it, they're all primarily telling you the same thing for the yeah, whole body. Yeah. It's it's all the same. You know, taking care of your organs, whether it's a kidney, a heart, a lung, whatever it is, it, it comes down to the same thing: as exercising, drinking water, reducing stress. All of those factor into uh, any kind of chronic disease that you have. And for so many people, when you have that stress level high, you're not getting enough sleep, you're not eating a, a balanced diet, it eventually catches up with you. It may be 10 years, it may be 20 years, it, it may be 50 years, but eventually it catches up with you. You mentioned fatigue as being one of the signs. I feel like that's not a good sign, TJ, because, again, <laughs> I feel like we could all say that, you know, we're all dying of kidney Well, that's disease. the problem. It's easy to brush <laughs> under at something else, though. So if you are, if you know you're managing uh, hypertension or if you're pre-diabetic or diabetic, that would be another sort of strike. Are there things you can ask your doctor or are there tests that you can ask for to make sure, like, your kidneys are functioning okay or are they, are they doing all right or they're better questions to be your own advocate for your health absolutely you you should always be an advocate for yourself because you only get one body 
Uh, what I would tell anybody, when you go to the doctor, get a urine sample. Um, measure your creatinine, measure everything, your calcium, um, your protein levels, your potassium, everything. All of that factors back into the kidney because it's in your bloodstream. Uh, so blood tests, urine samples, all of that is absolutely needed when you go for a yearly checkup or monthly, whatever you go do. Make sure you get all of those numbers because it can sneak up on you if you don't pay attention to it. And that's what we don't want. Absolutely. But if you do, then the Mississippi Kidney Foundation can be there for you for that as well. Yeah. And so you mentioned you guys can be there for those that maybe have gotten the bad news. Hey, look, I'm stage four, I'm stage five, and now we got to do some, you know, hardcore intervention. How does the Kidney Foundation step in and help Mississippians? Well, one thing that we do is a virtual support group. Um, the mental health aspect of accepting the reality that you have to get on dialysis is is not a fun thing because it changes everything about your life your schedule most dialysis patients don't work because they can't work Um, when you talk about doing dialysis the blood circulating in and out of your body it wears you down so you're doing dialysis for three days a week for four hours it takes up so much of your time that you don't have time for anything else but to do dialysis which is keeping you alive um, we also offer financial assistance because so many people can't work. They need help with bills, whether it's medical, whether it's everyday utilities such as light, water, and gas. Uh, we're there for you in any single way we can be, but more importantly, financially and on the mental health aspect. I read on your website where Mississippi has over 6,000 kidney patients on dialysis with more being added sort of every day. And so that's kind of a staggering number. Would all aboard a majority of those 6,000 also be looking to find a kidney replacement? I mean, I'm, I'm sure not everyone is a fit or whatever, but for the, for the most part, is, are that, is that the pool of looking for for kidneys for transplant? Well, actually, we're in the process of updating our website, and uh, I hate to say this, but that number is now closer to 9,000. Ah! Yeah, so... Bummer. Uh, yeah. Uh, we were 47th in kidney failure, now we're 49th. So uh, the numbers are going in the reverse direction of what we want, but even once you get on dialysis, you still need to live a fairly healthy life to get a kidney. Uh, your blood pressure has to be a certain level. Your blood sugar has to be a certain level in order to get a kidney. So even though we may have closer to 9,000 people, everybody is not eligible to get a kidney. And you have people die every single day waiting to get a kidney. But if they cannot get within those perfect levels, it's not going to happen. And that does take a level of uh, commitment. So then when you do get that opportunity, you have to have, I guess, have been considered a good host for yep. the new kidney, which, yep. I mean, I think if you set back and it can seem harsh, but if you think about it, if someone's giving you their organ or if some, for whatever reason, you, you want someone that's going to take the best care of right. it. And I know you met that bill with your own personal story, yeah. TJ, and you've got ways that we can help support the Kidney Foundation. So we're going to get to that and more coming up next. Oh 
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. You can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com where we're continuing to ask you how healthy are your kidneys because we care. And who's we? That's me and TJ Mayfield. He's the executive director of the Mississippi Kidney Foundation, but he's also a former dialysis patient and kidney transplant recipient. So you don't just, you know, tell them, not do as I do. How did my dad always say it? You know, don't do as I do, but do as I tell you to. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Well, yes, sir. And in a lot of aspects, but you've walked the walk and able to talk the talk and so you come from a different perspective with it yeah very personal uh it, I, I think you explained it perfectly uh, because when I go into a clinic, a patient can't tell me you don't know what I'm going through. Right. I, I absolutely do. I, I understand. I've been through it. Um, I was 19 when I found out about my wow, kidney failure. You know, I was sophomore in college. I'm thinking everything is fine. I'm still making urine, and the doctor comes in and tells me you need a new kidney or you're going to die. And again, I'm 19, and my world is rocked at this point. I have to start dialysis at the age of 21. And again, I mean, think about everything I could have been doing at 21, hanging out, having fun, partying. But from the ages of 21, 22, 23, 24, every single night for six to eight hours, I'm hooked up to a dialysis machine to save my life. Um, And, of course, we talk about dialysis is an artificial kidney keeping keeping you alive. Uh, So for me, I couldn't afford to miss uh, my dialysis at night or I could have died. Right. Um, So, again, missing out on the social things at that time was it was hard. The mental health aspect of it um, caused a lot of mental and and emotional strain that I had. Bitterness, I would assume. I mean, that's just your human, right, TJ? And so but you mentioned yours wasn't necessarily through, you know, decades of lifestyle behaviors that sort of landed you there. It was through genetic components. What what exactly? And did you know someone in your family who kind of led you down or not? Who led you? It was their (laughs) fault. (laughs) Granddaddy was your fault. No, but like maybe had sort of. you know, you could see you could see it in your in your family line. It's amazing. No, <gasps> it's amazing. You have uh, nobody to blame it on. I had uh, my aunt, uh, my dad's sister. She had kidney failure, but of course there was other uh, you know lifestyle okay. things that happened to her. She had you know other illnesses that led to hers. Mine was a genetic disease called Alport syndrome. Nobody in my family has Alport but me. Uh, so, again, finally got it 19. I have a genetic disease that my dad doesn't have, my granddad doesn't have, my brother doesn't have, and I'm the one that ends up with it. But but you came through on the end. So even while you were going through your dialysis at such a young age, because, again, I can get it. That's like other, other individuals who walk through seasons of chronic illness, whether it's cancer diagnosis or loss of some kind. You know, there are those who wallow and then there's those who, you know, find one step in front of the other and get themselves out. How did when did you recognize or from the beginning, but being so young that you might could be a recipient for a transplant and, you know, be freed from that dialysis? I remember talking to my doctors and, you know, he was telling me, you know, you're doing everything right. And he simply said some of my patients, they don't. He says you're still trying to eat right. You're still trying to exercise and don't do too much. or You'll, you know, you'll pass out and hurt yourself and everything because you do have a lot of fluid coming in and out of your body every day. But 
at that point, I realized I had to live. You know, I couldn't let dialysis uh, end my life. I couldn't let kidney failure stop me at 21, 22 from continuing to live a healthy life. And it was just something I had to put in my mind that I wanted to live and continue to be here. What age or do you remember when or where you were when you got the call that you had a kidney? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like better than winning the lottery, oh, right? Oh, man. Look, um, are you a Saints fan? Uh, I can be. Do I need to be? <laughs> oh, you, you probably don't want to be for this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it was the morning of the New Orleans Saints in the NFC Championship game against the Rams with the horrible pass in the field. I was say, I do know. I do know how that one ended up. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I got the call that morning. And, of course, Tulane Medical Center. Uh, they called and said, we may have a match. You're going to be the backup. Uh, but we want you to come down. And thinking I'm the backup, I don't think I'm going to get it. So going down and hanging out in the room and everybody's coming in the room, the x-ray, nobody's paying attention to me. They're all watching the Saints game on TV. But after the game, they said, Mr. Mayfield, you're going in in the morning. We have a kidney for you. That's amazing. How long had you been on the on the list? Uh, it was about about three years. I had to be briefly taken off the list part of my parathyroid had to come out because my phosphorus was so high uh, but again i'm doing everything right they put me right back on the list and got that call how does that list work because i feel like for many listening who may think about it i know you can get a don- donation from a family friend or member or i've even seen t-shirts at disney that's like hey need a kidney yeah. hit me up whatever which is strange but i mean it yeah. works yeah. so you can get one if it's a find your own match but if you're on the list from the moment you your doctor clears you do you just get sort of put at the bottom or top or is it a lottery system <laughs> or is it so complicated you don't really know it is a little bit of everything because I know some people who got one in six months and I know some people took them six years. So again, it, it has to go into, you know, how well your blood pressure is, your weight, your blood sugar. So you still have to be in pretty good health, but it is a lottery system, blood types. Um, and you really have to just find a match with somebody and blood type is really the most important thing. Most important thing. Okay. You got your kidney. You yeah. woke up, you had a new kidney. What ha- like how is life next? I mean, will, do you automatically not have to go to dialysis anymore? Like, or is it <laughs> is it just you know immediate? I, I mean, I can't imagine. The first thing I did when I woke up is check to see was that catheter is still in me, and I it, once it wasn't, I was like, oh, thank you God, no more dialysis. So that was the first thing that I did. It was still a long process. I mean, I lost a lot of weight. I got down to about 130 pounds uh, because of pain. I didn't want to eat. Um, I almost died again because my white blood cell count got down to 0.2, and I was hardly able to fight off any kind of infection. So it was still a long process after getting the kidney. I had some rejection, uh, but thankfully, I'm sitting here today. How long ago was that? Uh, four years. Four years. Four years. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, sir, celebrated four years. So you can you can you can definitely tell what the work the Mississippi Kidney Foundation does for folks. That's mm-hmm. a long journey. That's a yeah. long process. Sounds like you had a phenomenal um, support system. Obviously, you have strength and faith c- comes from somewhere. Yeah. Um, to give you this role, what a perfect role for you to it step is. into <laughs> as the executive director, and be able to do that for others. And I know there's a great uh, event coming up that folks can help with. Tell oh, us about that. Oh man, the tenth thousand dollars uptown drawdown gala uh it is our biggest fundraiser of the year 
Um, we want everybody to come out and support your ticket. Gets you in the door. You enjoy a, a night with the silent auction, uh, the Blues Boys band. But that ticket also enters you into a drawing for $10,000. So every dollar that you donate, everything that you buy at the silent auction, all of that money goes to the kidney patients in Mississippi. It's not going to go to the National Kidney Foundation where they determine how much we keep. All of that money stays in Mississippi to help the patients that we have here in this state. What you said was like there's 9,000 plus on dialysis. Correct. And out of that, you've got a pool that are desperately trying to work towards getting a, a securing a, t- a kidney. And then there's new people every day Absolutely. that sort of get that sort of call or sort of that news um, that news as well. Where is it and when is it? Yeah, it's Saturday, March 4th at the Country Club of Jackson. Uh, like I said, we're going to have a great band from 7 to 10 p.m. Uh, the Uptown Drawdown, we're looking forward to having everybody come out and support. This will be my first one in person last year with virtual, so I'm excited to get in person and enjoy this event. With the auction or the drawdown, do you have to be uh, present to win? You do not. You so, do not. So buy a ticket and come out. And even if you don't come out, you still can win $10,000. You know, I like that. I can stay inside (laughs) in my jammies. Yeah. And so, you know, but still coming out and enjoying a good night sounds like a lot of fun um, as well. And if you are listening to good things and you've got someone in your family who is walking through a life of kidney disease, no matter what stage they're sort of in, can they reach out for resources or support? Or how does that how does that work, TJ? Feel free to call the office uh, 601-981-981. 3611. You can talk to me directly. I'm always willing to talk to patients. Uh, we had a pediatric holiday party where the kids came in and, you know, I was able to talk to them myself and understanding what they're going through. Uh, my email address is tj at kidneyms.org. Feel free to email me. I would love to get you on the virtual support group that we have every month. Uh, call, email, whatever it takes uh, for the Mississippi Kidney Foundation to help patients in Mississippi out. Well, I think your story is one of inspiration, but also a reminder, too, just to ask yourself, like, how healthy are your kidneys? Don't take things for granted. You know, taking care of yourself is you can't always turn back the clock and and do it. You need to start doing it, you know, right now. The text message isn't coming. You would have had a heart attack today. I'm working on that, but (laughs) it's not. We haven't gotten there yet with technology. But, TJ, I appreciate you. Where? What's the website we can go to to learn more information? Yeah, www.kidneyms.org. And remember. Remember the Uptown Drawdown Saturday, March 4th at the Country Club of Jackson at 7 p.m. All righty, you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. You 
can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Tomorrow, you can find Middays with Jared Gibbert. He will be at Carter Jewelers on High Street in downtown Jackson. It's Valentine's Day tomorrow. So you can come in. You can draw a Hersey kiss. You can receive extra discounts up to 30% off towards your purchase of all jewelry in the store. Plus, each purchase comes with a half dozen roses during this massive clearance sale. And let's face it, if you've waited this long to get your Valentine's present, you hadn't made it by, you know, to get any flowers either. So it's a one-stop shop for you uh, tomorrow. So that's from 10 to 1 at Carter Jewelers on High Street in downtown Jackson with Gerard. And then a little bit later, again, if you need a last-minute Valentine's present, slip in to one of the many places across the state where you can have a chance to win some Morgan Wallen tickets. He's coming to Oxford in April, and you can tell your loved ones, hang tight, don't break up with me yet. We could have won <laughs> two sweet seat tickets to Morgan Wallen in April. <laughs> I won't know, though, until after the 1st of April, but that's coming fast. So third date, please. No, I don't know about that. But you could still... Do it and have fun. Even if you've gotten tickets, it's a sold-out show. You can still register at one of the many places. You can go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen to see a full list of registration locations. Give it a whirl. If you're in one of the many places, why not? You can upgrade yourself or enjoy a night out at uh, Vault Hemingway Stadium on the 23rd of April. And the ticket giveaway is brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughter Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. I'd appreciate that. Like, hey, you know, they sold out before I could snag some tickets or they were too high priced. But I know you love this artist. So I don't know if we're going to win. But I thought of you and, you know, here's to here's to good luck and a fun time. But I would want it to be accompanied by, I don't know, dinner, Card. I was about to say, maybe maybe don't tell your significant other that you've entered for a chance to win tickets. <laughs> Just get them a nice card with a little handwritten note that says you might want to keep this date open. And but you are going. That's great. Oh, that yes. But then you're going to have to have a backup. Yeah, because if you don't win, you, you better have a dang good backup plan because it is your Valentine's gift. So. Right, but that does that does give you. Buys you a little time to get some ducks in a row to sort of figure out plan B. I think we'll announce tickets some sometime after the 1st of April. I think it's like midnight, April 7th-ish, something like that. So like on April 8th, if you wake up and you go, oh, tootie pa fruity, it wasn't me, I didn't win, then you've got a couple of weeks to at least put in put together some fun little getaway or plan B for that particular adventure for for that day. There ain't many places that folks in Mississippi can afford to eat at that uh, would have reservations booked up this far out from April. That's true. So if you give them a call and say, hey, I need reservations for the middle of April, what do you got? They're probably going to tell you, we're wide open. What do you need? So then, as we're walking through this hypothetical, bail me out of Valentine's, I forgot, um, scenario, if you win the tickets, say you are the lucky winner, you got them, you got your two sweet seat tickets, do you tell... Her, I'm assuming him, her, that you gambled with it and won them? Or do you feel like you go in with the implication that, you know, you did this? Like you, 
you purchase that. I don't know. You don't. You don't lie. You don't come out. Yeah, and I was about them. to say communication is key in any relationship, and lying is always kryptonite for a relationship. For sure. But in that instance, it kind of depends on what Where kind you, of relationship you have, how far along in the relationship are you, as to whether or not you just come out and say, "Hey, this was a big gamble," or if you're just like, "Hey, I guess somebody's smiling down on our relationship because it worked out." I don't know. I I don't think. I was trying to think what I would. I would not. I'd be excited. So I'd be. But then I would wonder what would be in the backup, I think. Or I don't know. Maybe you're just so sure of yourself. You knew where you were going to. You're going to win. But hey, that's a good game plan. If you if you want to roll with it, free advice, free dating advice there from from Rhino. Use it. Use it as you may. Take it with a grain of salt because I'm single on Valentine's. <laughs> Oh, we should we should start a thread of dating advice for Rhino or ask Rhino dating advice and see see how but take it with a grain of salt. Take love with a grain of salt should be should be the title of of that segment. There's a chance that you may be sitting at home along with the other 14 million that is estimated to have called into work sick today. If you have what do they call it? The Super Bowl flu, I think is how they how they do it. Nursing a hangover. It's a national day, sort of, uh, for that. I didn't watch any of the game, just the halftime show in the beginning. I did want to catch the historic moment, though, if you saw it, where the um, planes flew over for the first time. It was all women, which is pretty cool. But two of them earned their wings here in Mississippi from the Naval Air Station there in Meridian. And so I caught that late um, into like getting geared up for the Super Bowl. And I also caught late that a doctoral student from Southern Miss was part of the coin flippers last night on the field. And so we were well represented in the air, on the field in multiple ways. And uh, I think that's, uh, that's pretty cool. So I am, I've got my sources out to try to get in touch with them ladies. One that flipped the coin, the other that flew the flew the big jet. But how cool is that to sort of be a part, to be part of that day? It's also National Tortellini Day, which the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because I am like this year old, not today years old because I've had it twice now, but in the last like hmm, six weeks or since 2023, I've never, like I've had, just been introduced to tortellini. Where has it been all my life? I actually was introduced to it at a much earlier age than you because I thought the word was cool. Well, I was just I at a random it. grocery store and I was like, a friend, Tortellini, mom, buy this. It looks cool. When we were on our vacation, a friend hosted us and she was like, does everybody like tortellini? And I was like, copy, paste, Google. What is tortellini? I was, I was assuming noodles. It sounded very Italian. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Never had it. She shamed me on the spot. You've never had tortellini? You've never heard of it? I feel like I've heard the name, but I don't know. No. Spaghetti noodles is about as, you know, cultured as we get in in our home, unless it's Alfredo noodles or, I guess, macaroni noodles. There's really the, the trifecta of of redneck noodles and in the shells and cheese. I guess we can get a little fancier with that. So, no, I don't know what tortellini is, but it was delicious. And then I figured out how to make it in the crock pot and i'm like where has this wait why am i so late to this particular particular party it's like really frou-frou ravioli yes you got pasta stuffed with something but instead of it just being a little pillow it's like a fancy little twirl yeah they're proud of it on the pasta, oh, yeah. on the pasta owl i have to say that 
So that's probably why <laughs> I hadn't just gravitated towards it. But how do you make yours? Or do you just make yours per the directions on the bag? Yeah, if I get tortellini nowadays, it's usually frozen. So I just follow the instructions on the pack. Well, I did like you can't mess it up and turns a crock pot. And so it made like a big batch. But it's just tomatoes, like a 14-ounce can of tomato, diced tomatoes, Italian tomatoes, a 28-ounce can of Rotel, and then three packs of tortellini, and then two things of, um, what do you call that, um, chicken broth with two pounds of sautéed sausage of your liking with two blocks of cream cheese melted in it to it. And you set it and you forget it, and it's amazing. Well, that's a lie. You set the first, leave out the tortellini, it goes in for the last hour. Don't set that and forget it for couple hours your tortellini will be soft and mushy but i didn't mess it up and people thought that i did well and i was this is one of those things that you put like in your back pocket and you go i need to whip out something that tastes amazing that's easy to make and people think i tried really harder than i did and i feel like that's that's tortellini and there's some of you who make it from scratch and i just can't go there I've tried making dumplings, like the little pot stickers from scratch, and I can do it, but the the time it takes to do it and get it right, I would I'd much rather just buy them frozen. Oh, I bought them in a bag. I mean, yeah, with tortellini you can get. I'm like, did I do something wrong? (laughs) No, but I was going to say there's another T word pasta that sounds fun and funny that you might want to check out now that you've now that I'm an an explorer of of. Noodles? You might like tetrazzini. Huh. What is that? It's uh, chicken, mushrooms, a bechamel sauce. It's is that not chicken spaghetti? Kind of, but not really. I mean, we... we because it's not ever done with spaghetti. Like tetrazzini, usually the way I've had it, it's done with smaller noodles. Not quite macaroni size. So that's what makes the difference. Yeah. It's like, no, that goes into spaghetti noodles... Fettuccine, but that's only if you order it out in the restaurant. But Tetrazzini is simple. It's one of those baked pastas where you just kind of dump it all in there, mix it up, top it with something crispy, and then put it in the oven. Well, I encourage anyone who is late to the tortellini party to jump on it because it's tortellini day, and your family will be like, where has this been? And you'll thank me, like I did, my friend. And stick with us. we get more for you coming up next. And stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. watch good things we are on computer your mobile device you can also watch it on roku amazon fire tv devices even youtube you can also watch super talk tv live on ceasefire tv if you got that we are on channel 70 right next to the weather channel which the weather today at least in central mississippi is fairly nice a little yeah, chilly the week's gonna be bookended with nice nice weather 
Well, we can appreciate that, right? Like you, you appreciate these days when they're nice and clear and sunshiny and crisp and you can sit outside and eat your lunch or take a little walk or you don't sweat to death, but yet you don't freeze to death. And it's like, oh, yay, Mother Nature got it right. And then she's going to snatch it away from us. Um, and then, it, you know, it all goes downhill from there. But yeah, just don't look at Wednesday and Thursday. I'm not. I think, you know, they call it the presents for a reason because it's a present in the <laughs> present they call it the present for a reason because it's a gift right we're gonna focus right on today you also need to focus on subscribing to the super talk mississippi news this week in mississippi newsletter you'll get all the news stories that you need to know from the most powerful name in mississippi delivered to your email inbox it's free you can sign up at supertalk.fm slash uh slash newsletter tomorrow is valentine's day so don't forget go ahead and make plans whatever you need to do i know some really like the card and candy or flowers idea i think it's easy it it makes the nod to the notion and, and whatever i love though um i'll get to go and do the valentine's parties with the kids so i actually talk about bookends the fifth grader, it's her, their last class party ever, which is Valentine's tomorrow. And then the baby, it's her first one sort of ever. So it's kind of, you know, kind of strange. Um, but they get to make the boxes. Do you remember back in the day when we would just put the little paper bags onto our desk and then oh, yeah. we would go and drop around? Oh, or if you're really fancy, you'd tape the paper bags with your name on it on the wall. Whatever it may be. Like, but we have, we have morphed over the last 20 years into more, I guess, uh, high-tech and impressive Valentine's Day boxes. Some of you are not looking forward to tomorrow because you were last minute rushing home to get out the shoeboxes and the construction paper and the paints and sort of all the things. But I think it's cool what the kids come up with. I get it. We live in a Pinterest world, and they can definitely overdo. And if you're the parent that's doing it for them, shame on you. I'm just putting you on blast. It's their project. They should totally do it. If you want to work with them to do it, I think that's really cool if that's something you both enjoy. I have not cut, glued, touched Neely's and it shows, but she's totally proud of it and it's, she's taken ownership for it. She did a Rubik's cube this year out of two boxes and, um, oh, what's her, and they have, but it's part, they work it into their, um, class now. And so you have to come up with like a, a funny phrase. Like, or a fun, they call it something in in English, but I never did well in that subject, so I can't remember the, (laughs) but like, snug as a bug in a rug for like one, and they have like made it like a rug or whatever, and I'm all paws for you if it looks like a dog, it's sort of cute. So knowing that, Rhino, what would you have made your, if you could have like created a Valentine's Day box, what would you have done? Like, what would yours have been? I don't know, because I was never one real big on making Valentines. Like, when we had to do it for class, I was always doing the bare minimum, because the way I saw it, Valentines, especially for school, was when you go buy the Valentines for the character that you like at that point, like Ninja Turtles Valentines or Power Rangers Valentines. They still have those that keep it simple for parents. And then you stick the little sucker in it, and then you drop them. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm talking more that about was like, as far as I went. That's I'm talking about. Well, we go far out on the box because it's a class project, and then I go the easier out off the you know the shelf, and you just you know stick them sort of in there. Some go the extra route with making handmade ones, but someone said back in the day we would decorate shoebox covered in brown paper, 
and then cut out colored, no like pre-made sort of stuff. And I think that was the beginning of where we're at now with very elaborate. Um, one of my favorite that goes around every year, they'll make it look like a taco, and it's taco talk about love, taco about love. <laughs> <laughs> They get real creative. You know, I mean, I get it. And it's the same good ones go around because once you have Pinterest and all the things. But I think it's cool to watch the kids create uh, the different things. Um, And it's not like I don't think you grade or at least not on ours other than they do get graded on their phrase. Like that's the English sort of part of it. The phrase that pays. See, obviously I'm I'm failing at it because I can't can't remember. I'm glad she's totally on it. She's got her – I just know it's a Rubik's Cube and – we had to figure out how to make the thing turn and, and and do all the things. So, yeah, I don't know what mine would have been. But if you're out there doing that, you've got less than 24 hours for it to be done. Or you can 911 it to the local craft store, and they have some of them that are already already pre-made. All righty, stick with us. you got more coming up next with the boys from 3 to 6 with Sports Talk Mississippi. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.